welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, yes. how you doing? Feeling a bit rushed. Yeah, we got uh, we got a hard out, as they say. Yeah, I mean, it's really, again, it, like I said off mic, this is really your fault. Because yeah. you scheduled something. You, you know what? I did schedule something <laughs> three hours after we were supposed to start. <laughs> and you told and me about it a week in advance. Yes. So, yeah, it's not actually your fault. But nonetheless... We can put this on, we can blame it on traffic. Traffic was bad. Uh, our own long-windedness when yeah. it comes to Definitely a problem. the movie journal and just the discussions we were, we've been having in general. And, uh, I, and then uh, a weird... Uh, technology. Technology, yes. Yep. And then also I think maybe uh, an X factor that we have not discovered yet. Yeah, we did seem to, I think time moved faster for a little bit. There it seemed to, yes. realizing it. But yeah, so but, now... Um, uh, now we're on to doing our main episode. Yeah. Which might end up being shorter than our movie journal episode oh, for boy. the second time in three weeks. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's a trend we want to uh, investigate or if we just want to let it play out. Um, are we enjoying the movie journals more than we are the regular episodes now? Depends on the episode. Um, that's the thing. If a, if a if a topic requires a long conversation, then I want to have that conversation. Or if we have a guest, often absolutely. I think if if you and I do a movie journal, and then the episode like this one is just you and I, kind of feel like we already did all this, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. kind of wears thin after a while. Yeah, and I feel like you this know, is why we only talk once a week. That is true. Yes, we t- we talk a lot. But only once a week, I and mean, then we run out of things to say, and then we have to wait a week before we talk to each other again. Yeah, you got to recharge that the friendship battery, as I like yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, but uh, but before we uh, get started with uh, the episode, um, I did want to say that this episode is sponsored by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $4.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. There are a number of great movies available on Mubi, including Julia, directed by... Eric Zonka, I think is how you say it. Okay. Uh, and starring Tilda Swinton in a critically acclaimed performance. Also available, and I found this interesting, is the movie Loving Couples, the 1964 debut film from Swedish act- actress Mai Zetterling, uh, a film so frank in, ex- in its examination of sex that it was banned from the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, these films and so, more. This movie. And flat shoes on women. That's that's what those <laughs> that's, are the two things that the Cannes Film Festival draws the line. They got to put their <laughs> they got to put, put their, their high heeled foot down. <laughs> uh, we got I'm there. Sorry. All right. Uh, and there's also a special offer. Okay, listeners, I'm glad that you were listening up until now, but really, really zero in on this. Dial in. Uh, there is also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Retention. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com, that's M-U-B-I dot com slash Battleship to redeem now. All right. Absolutely. Now, you had something that you wanted to, to lay on me. You didn't tell me what it was. It's not meant You're to be like any... out of the water. Not really, and, and I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about it in general, but I'm not sure. Did you see this thing uh, the last couple of days? And boy, it didn't take long for an apology to come along. Uh, this thing with Jason Alexander? <laughs> yeah, I just saw that... Uh, uh, I saw it this morning in the sense that I saw the apology 
and then like, okay. I saw the apology first. Yeah, I saw the thing yesterday, and I read it, and then I listened to the little clip from Howard Stern. I read a transcript. Yeah, and long story short, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld talked about uh, the death of uh, his character George, the death of George's fiance Susan, played by Heidi, Heidi Swedberg. Swedberg. Um, See, I'm such a <coughs> Seinfeld guy. I don't have to look up who played Susan. Yeah, I know sorry. It's Heidi Swedberg. Um, and uh, so her character dies in a rather ridiculous fashion um, that I appreciate, and. Howard Stern just happened to ask him what was, you know, why did that happen? And well, see, although there was a rumor floating around as well for a long time. Because apparently Julia Louis-Dreyfus had been on Howard Stern in the past oh, and okay. made reference to it. I think that's where it started, if I remember correctly. And it seemed to be like a passing comment or something like that. I think that, like, she had been the one to suggest that Susan die. Uh-huh. But there's a lot, there's a, there's a, you know, a pretty long distance between... Hey, this character, wouldn't it be funny if Susan died? And, hey, Heidi Swedberg is not working out. Let's kill her. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Jason Alexander went into more detail about it and basically said that, I mean, he was very quick to say that, like, Heidi's a really wonderful woman. She was very giving on set. She was always willing to to talk about, you know, what's best for the scene and that sort of thing. But I just could not make, I could not create funny off of her. And... Uh, and nobody on the, uh, none of the other cast members understood until they started sharing scenes with her. And then they are like, Oh, I get it. And when I read that, I mean, it's something that got shared quite a bit. And when I read that, I felt so terrible for Heidi Swedberg. Yeah. Especially since she was good on the show. I thought, right. She said, you could stuff your sorries in a sack, which is one of yeah. my favorite Seinfeld lines of all time. Yeah. And just like, and also, I mean, she is. And then he made a, a he made a reference to something that Larry David had said, which I agree with, which is there's something about Susan that you can do terrible things to her and still somehow be on George's side, <laughs> uh, which is true because she's kind of the straight character. She is in many ways, if you want to look at it a very specific way, she's Frank Grimes from The Simpsons. <laughs> she shows up with a fair amount of logic to her life and uh, <clears throat> interacts with these horrible people and gets her life completely destroyed and eventually ended by them. Yeah. That's, I think, funny. And so I wonder if Jason Alexander, he put it on her, but I wonder if he mistakenly thought it was the actress. And maybe his issue was the character, the way she's written and the way she's played. Because I would venture to say the way she was played is the way that character needs to be played. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I I agree. I like uh, like it worked great I, I like for me. Susan Fine as a as a character. At no a point did I think that character like was a roadblock. Yeah, when he suggests a prenup, yeah, she just starts she laughing. Starts laughing. Like, you didn't have any money. Sure, yeah. I'll sign it. <laughs> and then isn't isn't there the scene where um, I think she's become a lesbian and. Uh, and he's talking. And, right, this and is before they got before back they together got, yeah, yeah. and got engaged. Yeah, yeah. And she uh, and they're talking at like a video store, and uh, and he just discovers she's a lesbian now, and he's like, and she's like, "Are you okay?" He goes, "Okay, I'm fine. Come on, who do you think you're dealing with?" And she's like, "I know who I'm dealing with." <laughs> it's a really nice, you know, deadpan delivery, and so. In the end, like now he did the next day, like when this thing spread, like he's, he emailed, he sent out a, 
what seemed to be a very heartfelt and a very eloquent apology talking about her abilities as an actress and stuff like that. But nonetheless, I found myself wondering, it's like, I guess anybody can say anything. I mean, like, it's not unheard of for, I mean, Joss Whedon uh, was talking, this was a couple months ago, but like talked about that scene that Universal had released from mm-hmm. Jurassic World and talked about that. And the director of Jurassic World was like, hey, wait a second. That's one scene in the entire film, and you're making a judgment based on that, having not seen any context or where the characters are going to end up. And didn't he apologize too? He did, yes. Um, but it's just a thing. So between these two things, I found myself thinking like, I don't know, it's, I mean, you and I are critics, so we're going to speak, we're going to speak ill of like certain artistic choices that people make. But, but I think, by and large, you and I try, if we can, we try to refrain from like genuine disdain. Whereas I, I don't know, there's just something about I don't know that I do. Here's it. Here's I the save difference. disdain for if, if they have disdain for me, then I'll probably have it back for them. Wait, but no, well, are you saying about other critics? Uh, no, for like for uh, directors and actors and that. Well, see, sort that's of thing. our job. I think. I mean, not that we're not we're semi professionals. So right, it's yeah. our semi job. Yeah. <laughs> duty. Yeah, Let's say it's our duty. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're part time uh, haters. Um, no, that's helpful. Uh, but I won't on on Twitter or on this podcast. I won't talk shit about other critics unless right. it's like Jeffrey Wells or someone. Jeffrey like, Wells. And, and you, you and I even have a grudging respect for Armin White. Like we yeah, say yeah. not for Jeffrey Wells. Jeffrey Wells is not a critic. He, yeah. He, well, yeah, he can take a long walk of a short period yeah. as far as I'm concerned. You can stuff um, his stars in a sack. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but there are critics that I don't like and that you don't like. Absolutely. <laughs> when the mics aren't on, we, we, we talk, we talk shit freely, Absolutely. but I, 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 I won't do that on. Yeah on the microphone cause I wouldn't want it done about me. And so when I, yeah, when Jason Alexander said this stuff, my reaction is like, he's fully within his rights to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't do it in his position. Right. And I'm sure, you know, in maybe in the environment, you know, you're Howard Stern is there and he's probably goading you on a little he's bit. Good at that. He's, yeah. And so I'm sure, I'm sure some of it is that. And, uh, but, and part of me is just like, you know, and I just felt so bad for her. Like that show went off the air 17 years ago and I'm sure she was very proud to be a part of it. And now she looks at this and is like, Oh, I guess everybody hated me or whatever. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel awful. horrible for her. And but it's is just, that a, is that patronizing on our part? Maybe she's fine. She, and she might be fine. I would feel bad for anybody in that position. So many years later, it's, you know, it, I guess it's because like, you know, we hear about like, oh, there is tension between this person and this person on the set. You know, you hear that kind of thing often in the moment, you know, you're aware of it. But for someone to be saying something, I almost feel like if someone told me that they didn't like something I did 17 years ago yeah. after I was proud to be a part of that thing, yeah, I would just be like, Oh, it just, it, I feel like it would kind of shake me a little bit. And so, I don't know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to talk about, except that it just seemed, I won't even go so far as say unprofessional. I like Jason Alexander. I love what he did with the character of George. Um, but there's just something, it just seemed ugly and completely unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like, just because you can dish this stuff doesn't mean you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. 
All right, we can move on. Let's all be more sensitive, people. Come on. There we go. How many, last thing, how many episodes would you guess Susan was in? I just looked it up. I lo- 28. Oh, yeah. If I had to guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I looked it up earlier today. That's a lot. I, did, I, I would not have guessed. I would have said she was in like 15, maybe. Isn't it weird? Like, um, Meanwhile, Putty is only in like eight episodes. Yeah, there's that, that kind of stuff happens all the time where like there's characters that you think of as a big part of the show that were only in uh, a, a few episodes or the opposite happens where like, um, and then you we just talked about actually in the movie journal, you don't watch Game of Thrones, but I was watching Aquarius and the actor who played Renly Baratheon in the first two seasons of Game of Thrones plays Charles Manson on hmm. Aquarius. And I remember Renly as being in like three episodes tops. He was in eight episodes, which is first first show. I mean, he was on eight of the first 20 episodes. That's mm-hmm. a pretty big, yeah, <laughs> big, big thing. Uh, and, and so that it, it works both ways, I guess. Um, let's, you mentioned Charles Manson, which got me thinking of yet another quote from, uh, uh, the character of Lou and Andy Barker, PI. Oh, this is, yeah. Tying there's, back there's to reference our to our movie journal in which <laughs> he's, He's confronting someone, of course, and he's like, he's like, now you listen to me, hippie. I'm giving the orders now, not Charlie Manson. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. Is, is it weird? Like, Charles Manson did or led people to do mm-hmm. awful things. Yes. To people our age and younger, though, it's mostly like a comic reference. Isn't yeah. that weird? Like I, when, I think weird. Of, when I think of Charles Manson, I think I picture Bob Odenkirk on the Ben oh, Stiller yeah. show before I actually oh, yeah. picture Charles Manson. Yeah. I'll make I'll, I'll make brain stew for dinner when I'm the cook, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. No, okay. it, it is weird how like just in the same way. I mean, like even at the time, like the O.J. Simpson trial was a big joke. It's like two people were horrendously murdered. Yeah. And Leno's got dancing Edo's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So that's strange. Um, the, the, the human coping mechanism before we move on, let's talk about tweaked audio, which is uh, it's very important information. This is where you get professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors. Mine are yellow. I don't know which ones you use, but yellow, black, is, uh, cool. black is night. Um, yellow. I don't know if I've ever come out and said this on the podcast. Yellow is probably my favorite color. Hmm. Um, and so I use yellow, uh, earbuds and, um, they're great. They sound great. They look great. They're my favorite color. I got them at tweaked audio. I got them from tweaked audio. And then yeah. what do you do is you go to tweaked And if you keep going, mm-hmm. yeah, don't stop. Time, yeah, don't re- your average schmo would stop and hit enter after tweaked mm-hmm. Right. What you're going to do, you can put in the extra effort is go to tweaked slash pretension and get one third off mm-hmm. and no shipping charges. That's tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Well, actually, David, before we move on, I did want to mention that uh, as of the posting of this episode, okay. uh, I'm not exactly sure when our alien commentaries will be available, but ver- if, if not already, uh, very soon, uh, either... Uh, Monday or Tuesday. So be on the, uh, pr- we haven't recorded them yet. So uh, if everything went according to plan, yep. uh, and I can't think why it wouldn't, um, now I feel like I, I feel like I've jinxed us. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, those will be available at battleship Uh, and once you go there, there'll be a button. You can just click on that and that'll take you where you need to go. You can buy them individually for $3 or all together for 10, uh, these are the theatrical cuts, by the way. I, I should put that out there. 
so that's about nine, eight or nine hours of uh, of commentary and with uh, with, with a lot of yeah. guests, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, this is a way to support the show, and so it'll be ten bucks for the lot of them, and and uh, we would appreciate it. So okay, moving on. Okay, so um, this will end up being a brief episode, I think, and not just because we're sick of each other. Um, and we've got uh, I've got a heart out. Yeah, you've got a guest uh, coming. Got a. Hmm. Um, hmm. Huh? No, I was going to make a joke. I'm not going to. And no, it doesn't Is it have about anything. Congo. <laughs> it does not. Well, maybe a little bit. All right. Um, I hope people have listened to the movie journal. If people just listen to the main episodes that are missing, it's like it's like me watching the Avengers movies without watching any of the Captain America movies. It's acceptable, but come on, yeah. Um, no, uh, we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Film Festival. Just do uh, it's. Uh, I, I really uh, this is my third year covering it. Will be, and I really adore this festival. But the things I adore about it me. <laughs> mean that doing a preview episode is going to be a little light because what I love about the LA film fest is that unlike say AFI fest, which I also really enjoy. Um, I don't really, I know so little about these movies. It really does feel like you and I are so tapped into the movie world that it's very rare that we go to see a movie, not knowing anything about it. Yeah. Even if we wanted to, it's almost hard to avoid given where we, hang out uh, cyber wise i'm trying to think i cannot remember the last time i saw a movie knowing almost nothing about it so that's what the la film fest is like because it really is um and again the afi fest i don't want to sound like i'm denigrating it because it has its place too afi fest comes at the end of the year and sort of serves as a best of the year in festivals type Mm -hmm. of thing so that's a lot of fun too movies you've been if you had weren't able to go to sundance or Cannes or venice or toronto you know um or telluride or any of these they show up at afi and it's fun you get to see them (coughs) but la film fest really is what i think it's it's closer to like the platonic ideal of a film festival in that you uh anything is possible. You really don't. These are movies that are just like the, the, the packaging has just been <laughs> opened on these. They're fresh, fresh movies. Um, so, but the downside is that when we're trying to preview them, I can't say that much about them because I haven't heard much about most of yeah. them, but there are some we'll talk about that have played Sundance and, and some other places. Let me ask you this. Um, okay. do you know what the, like the selection process is? Like, how do they, decide what will be at LA film fest. Do you know? I don't know. Okay. Um, I mean, I know they have, um, I think starting last year and continuing this year, they have a section of the festival. Certain films are under the umbrella of the LA muse, which means it's, I mean, it's, it's sort of uh, nebulous, but it seems they have some sort of Los Angeles connection. Usually okay. they were shot here, um, or, you know, uh, written by people from here, something, okay. something like that. Um, and so there are a few of those. Okay. David, what are you interested in seeing? Well, that's what I want to know. Let me tell you about one that I'm torn about. Okay. It's a new, um, documentary from director. Uh, I never know how to say her name. Ondi Timoner. Yeah, she did, know. um, dig. Do you remember that movie? About oh yeah. The, yeah. Uh, Brian Jones, Tom Asker and the Dandy Warhols. Yeah. Great movie. Did you ever see it? I did not see it, but so I, I can picture the cover oddly <laughs> enough. Um, it's a really great movie. Well, she's got another documentary out called brand, a second coming. It's about, Russell Brand. So this is where the my being torn comes yep. in. <laughs> you had me, then you lost me. David. I am um, people who know me know I am not a fan of. I don't think I knew that of Russell of Russell. Brand. I guess I just assumed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so I don't know. Would you? What do you? Now you haven't seen Dig, so you've got no reason to go see this movie, right? right? I mean, except that somebody thought that it would be interesting to make a documentary about this man whose life is interesting. I think. Um, but I, but I also, I've watched enough of his, obviously his politics and mine don't line up, but, um, right. I've watched enough of his videos to also feel like, uh, there are plenty of people whose politics I don't agree with, uh, but I can stand. Um, and I don't think he's one of them. There's just something about the way he expresses himself. Um, I, he see, he, I think he's a very sensitive person, uh, in a good way. I think he's very thoughtful, very sensitive. Um, I don't, and this may be where my own politics get involved. Like, I feel like he just says stuff and it feels right to him in the moment. And so he's like, well, this is clearly the way it should be. And it's like, how would you implement that from a political standpoint? (laughs) Like that, that sounds all well and good, but I mean, come on. And then, but people, I also might be judging him based on the people that I'm Facebook friends with that will share his videos, uh, who I tend not to take remarkably seriously. So that's the thing. I feel like the film could be potentially insufferable. Do you as a, here's my problem. First and foremost, I think, you know, I'm a fairly liberal guy. Um, I have some very strongly held opinions. Mm -hmm. I'm a dedicated SJW every day out there on the internet. Um, but you use that term fairly ironically, right? Or facetiously. I don't don't even know. Okay. (laughs) I I honestly don't know. Um, because I, if someone were to maliciously accuse me of being a social justice warrior, I'd be proud of that. Like, fuck yeah, yeah, I stand for those. But if someone in solidarity said, yeah, we're social justice warriors, (laughs) you'd be like, hey, don't lump me in with you. And you know what that, that speaks to is before I am most other things, I'm a comedy fan. Yeah. And so Russell Brand, the fact that his politics is um, kind of thick and not very well thought out is less offensive to me than the fact that he's not funny when he says this, this stuff. It's yeah. not like, you know, there are plenty of uh, politicians I agree with and don't, you know, like, uh, like uh, Doug Stanhope has a lot of strongly held opinions, some of which I very much agree with, some of which I think are yeah. uh, idiotic and perhaps dangerous, but Doug Stanhope is always funny. Yes. That's true. Um, Russell Brand doesn't do that. And you know, Russell Bill Burr is even a, a better yeah. example. He says stuff that I, as a social justice warrior should be appalled at. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, I guess so. Uh, he, Bill Burr on, I can't remember what talk show this was, was talking about the, um, you know, the month of, uh, I can't remember if it's October or November in the NFL where it's breast cancer awareness month. And they wear like pink, like they have special uniforms that have like pink bands. Oh, pink okay. Stuff. Yes, yes. I and, have seen that. Um, and he says, and he's <laughs> Bill Burr describes it as for a month, they dress up football players like baby girls in case we forgot about breast cancer. <laughs> 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 that's awful, but that's so funny. Yeah. It's, and you know, Russell Brand, I think like, I remember seeing forgetting Sarah Marshall and I thought he was great in it. I think he, I think he has funny, I think he has, uh, as an, as like a performer, I think he has funny instincts, but I don't think he's naturally funny. I think if somebody writes something funny for him, he can find it and he can, and he can play it, but I don't think it's, it's in him specifically. So you know what? You got to see this thing. now. <laughs> you I got to go see Brand a second coming. Um, there's another film I'm interested in. Um, 
and I'm realizing this is the second film in a row that I'm mentioning that's directed by a woman. It's not intentional, but uh, good for LA Film Festival having so many uh, female directed films. It's SJW. Um, that's my SJW uh, streak coming out. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> SJWFF, the, so the Social Justice Warrior Film Festival. Oh, my. That's, that's oh. what I'm. Me and my internet friends are putting that on. <laughs> That would be tough sledding. <laughs> Zero. Can you think yeah. of a more no movies are <laughs> with yeah. itself film festival than that? Yeah, no movies are uh, admitted based on their quality whatsoever. <laughs> what we literally have a checklist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, no, a movie that I'm actually very interested in seeing is called The Diary of a Teenage Girl. Uh, and I'm interested in seeing it partially because uh, one of its stars, not the teenage girl in question, but one of its stars is Kristen Wiig. Okay. Uh, and she makes... <laughs> I am so fascinated in a, and so in love with the choices that she makes as an actor. Now, I don't mean... Uh, I, I mean, I do mean the choices she makes as an actor, but I mean the roles that she selects mm. because she was the star of bridesmaids. Yes. A hugely successful comedy and probably had a lot of offers for, um, more, you know, mid to large budget studio comedies after yeah. that. Uh, and instead has chosen time after time to make just weird stuff. Yeah. Um, there was welcome to me, which I didn't love. And there's, I didn't see the skeleton twins. I didn't see, um, uh, hate ship, love ship, I think is one of them. That's right. I didn't, Uh, I didn't see that either. There's so many that I didn't see. Um, we did get to hear her in her, Oh, (laughs) in a notably fun performance. Um, but, uh, I, 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 there's very few actors, um, and you know, maybe this is because I don't have enough respect for acting, but, um, uh, I should have more, but there's very few actors who their involvement alone will get me interested in a movie. Hmm. Um, Kristen Wiig is someone who I will be interested, which doesn't mean that I have any faith. The movie is going to be good. Right. It could be a train wreck, but the fact that she wants to be in it is something that makes me, uh, curious about i guess that's true she has demonstrated one way or another that she that she won't be in just anything that she will be in the things that interest her so if something interests her then it's at least worth considering yeah Yeah. um now this one i put on here even though it's actually a pre-festival screening but it was a sundance favorite called dope it's getting a lot of press. Oh right yes, now. yes. I don't at this point. I still don't have confirmation from the publicist as to whether or not I get to go to this because okay. my my pre, this is a pre festival screening. My press pass doesn't get me in. Okay. So I emailed the publicist. She said she'd get back to me. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. As of this recording, I don't know if I'm seeing dope or not at the film festival. Um, Your ability to deal with studio public uh, publicists uh well these is, aren't studio i mean this is a or just independent film these are one way or another like that kind of bureaucracy and your patience for it is uh, a very admirable trait well i work in an office in a somewhat corporate at- atmosphere so the idea of just just shoving pleasantries down people's throats via email is just comes as second nature to me i can't even bother to leave my house to work so <laughs> yeah i guess maybe that speaks about the two of us um but a movie I am interested in seeing, hopefully I'll get a chance. Um, and this one, I believe it was at Sundance or maybe it was at, actually I think it was at South by Southwest. I heard a lot about it. It's called the final girls. 
Okay. Um, it stars. Is that a reference to the horror term? Yes. All right. Um, and it stars Taysa Farmiga, an actress I very much like from uh, American Horror Story. Uh, she is Vera Farmiga's younger sister. I would assume. Um, based she on played. The name. You still. You never saw Higher Ground, which I would. I like, still haven't. I would no. like you to see. She played the young Vera Farmiga in okay. that. Um, it also stars Malin Ackerman. Okay. Huge fan, right there. Uh, Thomas Middleditch from uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, another oh, another actress I love, um, Aaliyah Shawkat. I love her and everything. She's maybe from Arrested Development. Oh yes, okay, she's great. Um, Nina Dobrev from uh, Vampire Diaries. All these people are in this. But okay, the final. I'm going to read the some of these. I'm going to read the description. For yeah, that's fine. The Final Girls is an unconventional comedy about Max, a high school senior who was mysteriously transported with her friends into a 1980s horror film that starred Max's mother, a celebrated scream queen. Trapped inside the movie, Max finds herself reunited with her mom, who she lost in real life. Together with Max's friends, they must fend off the camp can- camp counselors' raging hormones, battle a deranged machete-wielding killer, and find a way to escape the movie and make it back home. I heard great things about this. Uh, so, uh, that I sounds think, marvelous. I'm sure it was South by. Is it directed by anybody like whose um, name I would know? I don't think I know this name. Uh, Todd Strauss Schulson. Yeah, I, that doesn't sound familiar to me. That sounds delightful. It sounds like a lot of fun, right? So my uh, my hope is that like I will say that the concern is that it would just it'll it'll wind up being kind of a little satire of horror but it'll just go over the same ground that so many other movies have um so hopefully if they like by developing character and finding humor within like the way characters relate to each other i think that is how it'll it'll uh be different than some of these other films um another film and this one i really hope this is another one that i don't get into okay. that i really hope i that i don't get into with my past but i really hope the publicist will let me see is the opening night film which is paul weitz's grandma oh okay um have you heard of this with lily tomlin yes and marcia gayhart and judy greer laverne cox nat wolf john cho sam elliott all right um let's see l reed has just gotten through breaking up with her girlfriend when her granddaughter stage Sorry, granddaughter Sage. Stage would be a weird name for a person. Sage is already kind of an odd name. Yeah, yeah. Stage? No. That's the next step. Yeah. Uh, unexpectedly shows up needing $600 before sundown. Temporarily broke, Grandma L and Sage spend the day trying to get their hands on the cash as their unannounced visits to old friends and flames end up rattling skeletons and digging up secrets. That sounds like fun. It does sound like fun. I like Paul White's... What has what, what Paul White's made? Because I get them confused with Chris White's. They made American Pie together. Uh, right. And then they split and I don't never even, to speak uh, again. Do you know if that is that true? <laughs> I, don't, I hope oh, okay. that's not true. Um, I genuinely do not remember which one did what. Which one did about a boy? I don't know. Well, Paul White's did. Okay, well, I love that movie. Which one did The Golden Compass? I think that was Chris White's. I think that's Chris. Okay. Are we correct? Um... Oh, I'm looking at Paul White. So he did In Good Company, a movie we weirdly mentioned on this show fairly recently. Yeah. And a movie that I am completely ambivalent about. Um, he did Admission, I think. Did you see that? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, he did Being Flynn. That was terrible. <laughs> Oof. American Dreams, I didn't hear good things. But In Good Company and About a Boy, he made. Oh, and Down to Earth. Okay, he's made more bad movies than good ones, apparently. Yeah. They can't all be winners. Did you ever David. see Down to Earth? Is that uh, uh, Chris Rock? We, that's a heaven can wait thing, right? Wait. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't see it. It's not good. Yeah, it is not good. Um, what else? So that's what this is. This. Is, so this is Paul White's. This is that this guy. Is, this is Paul White's. This is yeah. Paul down to earth White's. 
as I like to call him. <laughs> right. I already <laughs> forgot that was the name of the movie he directed. I was like, what do you know about this guy? He's got a, he's got <laughs> he's a good very, head on his shoulders. He's huh? very grounded. Um, another movie I can talk at some length about, and I already did on the um, movie journal, is a movie called In Football We Trust, because I just saw it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these I get to, you know, there's actually, there's a whole lot of, pre-festival press screenings but most of them are during the day when i'm at my corporate job ah. sending cheery emails to people yeah. i don't like um it's not true i like a lot of them um but do any um, of your coworkers listen to this show i think so they even have. know you do it most of them don't know okay um by design yeah yeah i'm sure um yeah i mean so yeah. the ones that listen are probably the ones you like right yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you work with me, obviously I like you or else you wouldn't know. If this That's exists. true. That's true. Um, but, uh, I don't think they listen very much, but I know it's, I mean, some, every once in a while, one of my coworkers will be like, so I read your review of what, and it's like, whoa, like world, world's, <laughs> world's colliding. colliding. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but in football, we trust, we talked about it in the movie journal because I saw it. Uh, it's a documentary about, uh, Polynesian American, high school football players uh specifically those in the salt lake city area which means most of them are mormon and so uh it's a it's a great like unexpected cross-section of american life um you know you don't think about polynesian football playing mormon high schoolers very often uh not as often as i should i'll say (laughs) that uh, but it's not just about its novelty. It's actually a really heartfelt, uh, movie. Um, definitely in, uh, definitely owes a lot to hoop dreams. Um, and yeah, if you're going to the festival, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Now, it, uh, I'm going to, this next one, I'm going to, I'm going to give this the ain't them body saints award Ugh. for movie with a title. I can't stand. Does it involve a dying girl? No, luckily okay. that one, which, <laughs> I thought I thought me and Earl and the Dying Girl was a bad title. Okay. I caught a 30 second TV ad. This thing looks like someone literally cracked the code mathematically on how to make a perfect movie for David Bax to hate. <laughs> oh boy. Everything about it. I'm like, this, if we get an invite for a screening, are you going to take it? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. What I thought. <laughs> yeah, I know you. Um, and you know what, but here's the deal. Here's what I vow. Just like I vowed to never watch the Tonys or buy a half season of a TV show on DVD or Blu-ray. Right. I vow that if we do get a screening, I will go in there and give it a fair shake. An absolutely fair shake. Absolutely. That is part of my philosophy of life. I feel like that's that's a good thing. Like, there have been movies that I've gone into, whether for a press screening or otherwise, uh, with a very low expectation of. And then it has surprised me. It's been much better than I thought it would be. And, like, that's... I don't know. I feel like people are resistant to that. Like, I think people, I'm sorry, this is not the discussion we're having, but it's a thing that I, we got that time. I, I don't not have a lot. that much to talk about. <laughs> okay. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's something I think we've talked about on the show before, but I think there's this instinct that you want to be able to say, Oh yeah, I could tell immediately that that movie was terrible. Like we all say it all the time. We say like, Oh, that movie looks like shit. Like I think Terminator Genesis looks like shit. <laughs> all right. But if I see it, and it's good. Now, the if I say if I if it's if if I repeated that over and over again before seeing the movies, like that movie's gonna be a piece of shit. If I keep going back to that yeah. and I say it with an increasing level of confidence, then that means if the movie turns out to be pretty good, then that means 
I have to walk that back and I have to show that I was wrong in my confidence. Right. And that's a thing that's hard to do, but what, and, and I understand, but it's like, that's a, that's a matter of like, you know, pride and not the good kind of pride either. Uh, like what is, what I think is better is allowing yourself the freedom to be, to have been wrong in your expectation. And if a movie's great, great. Celebrate that. That's a good thing. And then one more good movie in the world. To me, it's kind of fun to, this is like me being a contrarian contrarian. Mm -hmm. It's fun to then be a defender of a movie that everyone thinks is going to be terrible, which is how I feel about the poltergeist remake. Um, Oh yeah. I know. And people don't just think it's going to be terrible. People really don't like it for some reason. Um, even though it's a blast, but you know what the, but, uh, the one for me that I went in going, this is like a, a movie that I felt the way I feel about me and her on the dying girl mm-hmm. was Ruby sparks. Oh, Everything yeah. about it said like, this is going to be too cutesy. It wants yeah. to be part of the, uh, I don't know, 500 days of summer mold, which I have also never seen. Um, but, uh, uh, Ruby Sparks has some problems, especially with the third act, but it's a much more interesting and better movie than I thought it was going to be. And I was pleased to say that. Well, and that premise is one that could go right. either extremely it, well or not. It's also from the directors of Little Miss Sunshine, which I don't like. Uh, uh, yeah. But oh, they boy. also made the Smashing Pumpkins 1979 video, which is one of the greatest music videos of all time. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that that four that four or five minute video is almost enough <laughs> to wipe away the two hour Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, um, almost. Anyway. Um, so the movie that we're talking about that has the <laughs> annoying name is Infinitely Polar Bear. <sighs> Infinitely Polar Bear. Is there a comma after infinitely? Like no, that's the- how a polar bear signs his letters. <laughs> <laughs> that would make more sense. Oh, speaking of commas, I know I'm like week be- weeks behind here, but the um, the ads for Pitch Perfect two, okay, yeah, that are supposed to say we're back pitches, they don't say that. They say we're back pitches. <laughs> That's what they say, which makes even less sense than we're back pitches. Yeah, we're ba- we're back pitches. It's like when you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's people, true. Yeah, people don't like commas anymore, I guess. I, I, love I, gotta I, use, I use them too much, probably. Uh, but no, Infinitely Polar Bear is a movie starring um, your Marvel favorites, uh, the Incredible Hulk and uh, Zoe Saldana's character from Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Uh, that would be Mark Ruffalo and Zoe Saldana. Got it. I don't know her character's name. Gamora. Gamora. I'd see, you know, I thought that, and I was like, no, that's from the Bible. That's not <laughs> the character's name. That's a city from the Bible, right? That's true, yes. Uh, um, an ill, an uh, ill-fated one, by the way. It seems weird to name a character after that. Yeah, yeah. Pillars of Salt, something like that. No, that that one's Sodom and Gomorrah are simply destroyed, and then Lot is oh, walking Lot's away, and Lot's wife looks back. Uh, she's you know she's looking, she's living in the past, and turns into a pillar of salt. She's. Do you think about that when you pass an accident on the highway, like? <laughs> Like I, sh- I shouldn't look at, into, at this because God will turn me into a pillar of salt. Well, and then there'll be another accident because I a pillar of salt oh can't my, operate it, it, the right. steering wheel or absolutely. You know break. what? But in that instance, you know what happens? Jesus takes the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
um, man, I saw a crazy accident the other day. Ugh. I didn't see it happen. I saw the, it was one of the, like I was coming up on the intersection. It was in your old neighborhood, Woodset and, uh, Woodset and Moore Park, I think is where it was. Oh, well that um, place is a mess anyway. Uh, cause of the construction yeah. and stuff. So it was like, as I was like, Oh, this looks like a couple cars in an accident. And as I'd get closer and closer inching to the intersection, I would just see, Oh, there's one over there. There's one of the, it ended up being like a five or six car accident. Oh man. At that intersection. I don't know how it happened. All right, infinitely, infinitely polar bear. I don't know. I just wanted to mention the dumb title. Who's in it? Uh, uh, Mark, Ruffalo Mark Ruffalo and, and Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. That's right. Those are the big names. Okay. And who made it? Uh, Maya Forbes. That name sounds familiar. Mm, I don't know. You thinking of Maya Rudolph? That's it. Or Steve. Or Forbes? Steve Forbes. Yeah. Oh, it's it's their do- it's their daughter. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. get a lot of like girls named after their mothers. That doesn't happen very often. I guess that doesn't. Uh, okay, we can move on. All right, what's, what's we got about fifteen this? minutes. Eh, your guest can wait. Um, uh, <laughs> He's supposed to be here right now, but I pushed it back fifteen minutes. Um, again, this is all your fault. I'm not gonna. All right, spend too much time feeling sorry for you. Okay. Um, Jimmy's Hall. I already talked about because I've already seen it. That's it's right. New, new Ken Loach film that's yep. um, playing, and <laughs> I can say that uh, if you're going to LA Film Fest, you should probably check it out. It is. Uh, very Ken Loachy. If you like Ken Loach, you will like this movie. This is um, cl- like classical filmmaking period piece. Ken Loach, like when that shakes the barley. Ken Loach. Oh yes. Not um, gritty modern social drama. Cast Sweet Sixteen. Right. Ken Loach. Just so you know. I love when that shakes the barley. Um, me too. Do you remember? I ended up seeing that alone because you. I think you canceled on me. That day. <laughs> I think we were supposed to go see it at the Sunset Five, like right after you'd moved here. Uh, that's possible. Um, anyway, what uh, LA Film Fest also does that I like is um, some special event screenings of older movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, not older, older. I mean, in some cases there are, but um, like, you know, last year I saw uh, Sherlock Jr. That's that's a pretty old movie at this point. I think it's pretty old. I as guess within it's not movies. the oldest one, <laughs> right? I'm not saying it's old compared to like the Shard of Turin or whatever, but it's like compared to movies, it's old. That's true. Yes. All right. Um, but they're showing, uh, and I will almost certainly be going with my wife to this. They're showing. Um, I forget the director's name. Gina Price Blythewood's Love and Basketball. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, have you seen it? I have not. I heard great things about it, though. Blythewood, not Blythewood. Uh, and Prince, not Price. So I got a way wrong. Oh, Gina Prince Blythewood. Um, so they're showing that outdoors downtown on Saturday, um, the 13th, and that's going to be free. Nice. So uh, as was the Buster Keaton one uh, last year. Now, how would I go about getting uh, into these films? With I think no, with free, no press free ones, you just show up. Okay. Um, for the ones that aren't free, you could buy tickets online and there is a box office there as well. Okay. All right. I figure that's something, you it's know, LA we, we do these, com. like we do these, uh, these, you know, previews and then it's like, Hey, this is what I'm going to see. And, uh, that's it. But if you're in the Los Angeles area, of course you can go, you can go see these movies as well. Yeah. And maybe you'll see David there. Possibly. Um, He'll be the one not laughing at Russell Brand. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, speaking of Charles Manson, but that might have been in the movie journal, or that might have actually been off mic completely. No, we talked about Charles Manson on mic. On this episode? 
This is uh, the problem with doing these back to back. Yeah, I don't remember now. I think it was this episode. I think so too. Oh yeah, because we were talking about um, Heidi Swedberg. That's right. Uh, and obviously, that led directly to <laughs> Charles Manson. Um, this movie called uh, Manson Family Vacation, uh, which stars Jay Duplass, the okay. more rarely in front of the camera yes. Duplass brother. Yes. Um, though he was a, a recurring character on uh, the Mindy Project. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, so he plays uh, a guy whose brother comes to town and all he wants to do is go visit Manson family locations. <laughs> so I don't know if it's like a comedy or a horror film or what it is. Or very possibly both, I would say. Yeah. Um, but it does that sound, sounds kind of fun. It does sound interesting. Well, maybe not fun. Engaging. It sounds engaging. Yeah. Um, there's a movie called No Mas Bebes, which I'm guessing means no more babies. So right there. I'm on board. Like that, really, that speaks to me philosophically. I could very much relate to that impulse. No more babies. Um, you're not going to research it. You just saw the title right. and you're scrolling right by. Okay. Yes. Uh, another movie, I, movie I've already seen is, um, Patrick Bryce's the overnight. Mm. Um, which I'm sure I talked about on a movie journal at some point, uh, stars Adam Scott and, uh, Taylor Schilling mm-hmm. from orange is the new black. As well as Jason Schwartzman and a French actress named Judith Godrech. Uh, and if you don't remember me talking about it before, uh, Adam Scott and Taylor Schilling are new to Los Angeles and they have a kid. And while they're at the park one day, they run into Jason Schwartzman, who's a dad of a kid the same age. He says, why don't you come over to me and my wife's house? We'll, the kids will play. We'll have dinner. And it turns it's one of those all in one night movies. It turns mm-hmm. into this all night sort of party where they reveal things about themselves and have major breakthroughs and um it's uh it's not entirely successful but it is uh a bold and interesting movie that is often funny um uh did you ever see carnage i forget yeah i did too it's and this movie isn't shrill like carnage I kind of liked the heightened quality of Carnage. Um, I mean, there there are certainly things that bother me about it uh, from a from a filmic standpoint and just from a story standpoint. Like just the way they just constantly bring people go to leave and they constantly bring them back in. And after a while, it starts to feel a bit contrived. But um, but I enjoy the performances quite a bit, um, and I like how heightened it is. It's it it reminded me of another movie that's very similar that is heightened, which is who's afraid of Virginia Wolf. I like that one. Yeah. That one's amazing. Um, it is much better than carnage, but, uh, you know what I think when I think does, of this, carnage, does this movie feel like either of those, uh, or is it more subdued? No, it's also, it's also has more of a, um, like carnage is Roman Polanski and, uh, you know, all his decades of filmmaking skill and competency are on display. It's a very, yeah. uh, um, sharply constructed film carnage. The overnight is a little more ramshackle. Okay. Um, feels more indie, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, uh, another movie that I'm highlighting mostly because of the title. Cause I, but this, in this case, I like the title. Okay. This is, this is putting your premise right out there. The movie is called Puerto Ricans in Paris <laughs> and that's what it's about. <laughs> But it stars, among others, Luis Guzman, Rosie Perez, and Rosario Dawson. I like that. So, yeah. The title, okay. I'm sorry. Puerto Ricans I, in Paris. I should explain. I've only gotten four hours of sleep, so I'm just, I just have a bunch of stupid jokes in my mind. Okay. And here's what I picture is 
I've had it with these motherfucking Puerto Ricans in this motherfucking Paris. Like as far as leading with your premise in this motherfucking city of lights. (laughs) (laughs) But what is, I mean, I've already moved on. Oh, okay. All right. You're the one rushing me through stuff. I know some of these strike me as interesting, but of course that based purely on the title and thankfully that one can give you a little bit. Yeah. You've got, what am I going to read the description? It's in the title. Yeah. It's about Puerto Ricans in Paris. Um, what if it takes place in Paris, Texas? Oh, I didn't, that'd I didn't. be. Um, anyway, um, Sweet Mickey for President is a documentary about a uh, Haitian pop star named Sweet Mickey. Okay. Uh, Michel Martelli is his real name, um, running for president of Haiti. That sounds great. Yeah. So that sounds good. And um, Was he elected? Well, you'll have to I don't know who the president out. of Haiti is. You'll have to watch the movie to find out. Um, <clears throat> here's a movie that has a very compelling header image yeah which is uh, John Hawks behind the wheel of a car looking perturbed yeah with a cigarette almost smoked all the way down to the uh, to the butt there all I can think is like you gotta get you know you're done with that thing that cigarette <laughs> is cashed but it's called Too Late uh, it's one of the films uh, the main films in the U.S competition okay uh it is described here as a dark love letter to los angeles i like that that's right up my alley so i'm hoping i get who, definitely hoping i get a chance who to made this. it uh director's name is dennis hawk or hawk hmm. um shot on 35 millimeter okay what that's worth i like john hawks i just saw <laughs> damn it i i was thinking like what did i just see him in and like a little bit part and, I, and then i remembered oh yeah it's Congo, um, <laughs> where he's his character doesn't really have any lines. He's like a, a guy that they find um, almost dead, and then they revive him, and then he sees Amy, the nice gorilla. But in that moment, he's been so traumatized by these mean gorillas that he goes completely insane and dies from fear. Uh, well, we should probably wrap up. Um, but the other one that you will want to know about, okay? I don't know if you're going to be around the evening of Friday, June twelfth. But another one of their free screenings. Okay. They're showing, this is a great, great one to end on. Great Los Angeles movie. Okay. They're showing Who Framed Roger Rabbit at Union Station. How cool is that? That's uh, hard to pass up. Yep. I gotta say. And it's, and it's free. That sounds pretty great. Now, let me ask you this. Have you seen any movies at Union Station? How do they do it? I don't know. You know, they did, um, last year, I remember they showed La Bamba there and I didn't make it. Um, for some reason, I don't remember why I didn't make it because it was on my list of things to do. You know, I think it was actually at the same time as the Buster Keaton one. And okay, we went to Buster Keaton instead. Um, I I may actually try to do this because I think because I haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit on the big screen since yeah. it was in theaters, right, and yeah. I love that well, movie. I'm imagining because you know they have that whole room at Union Station that's roped off most of the time that's there for you can rent out for events they have oh like yeah fundraisers right. or people can have, when people get married at union people, station yeah. it's in there i'm assuming it's probably they hung a screen up in that room yeah. and put some folding chairs out or something that's my, what i'm guessing my only concern with something like that it's i realize that just because it's at union station doesn't mean that people are going to wander in uh <laughs> but part of me there's just something about like it being there that my my instincts like Oh, people are going to talk during the movie, but they might yeah. not. I don't know. You you know more about no, this you, festival you're than I You're going to hear people's like rolling luggage clacking along the floor. You're going to yeah. smell Wetzel's pretzels. Yeah, all aboard. <laughs> you're going to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, that's that's what happens. That sounds great. Uh, so that's that's just some of the many things at the LA Film Fest. It'll be more fun in two weeks when we have our wrap up episode, um, possibly with a guest. I will um, ask him in a few minutes if he wants to be on the show. Oh, indeed. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see of all the things that I talked about, which ones I actually saw or which things I didn't even mention here. Yeah. I'm going to end up raving about. So. Uh, LA Film Fest is a great time. I really look forward to it every year, and I'm looking forward to this one. Um, so that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Oh, wait. We didn't do our where you get find us. I'm they at BattleshipRetention.com. You right. can email me at DavidAtBattleshipRetention.com. He's at TylerAtBattleshipRetention.com. I'm on Twitter at DavidPretension. He's on Twitter at TylerPretension. Uh, what's going on with one of the lessons? <laughs> we, uh, we have a new episode out. I'm going to go extra slow now. I'm tickled pink with myself. <laughs> I know. I'm so pleased. With um, uh, we did an episode about Avengers age of Ultron with the companion film, the dirty dozen. And I'm very, I'm actually very happy with that episode. So please, uh, please go listen to it. Okay. Um, my other podcast is called, Hey, watch this. It's about TV this week. Very excited to talk about, literally we're talking for the you know for the first time in a while we're talking about two things that i'm really excited about which is the season three premiere of hannibal yeah which i'm going to run home and watch and the series premiere of sense eight on netflix which is the wachowski brothers series very excited by that you didn't um, see jupiter Ascending. i did not right? see jupiter ascending you might like it now that i think about it i, I don't know i might respect it I think so. I kind of respect it. It's not good, but I respect it. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) We'll We'll get get you next time. time. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.